Shall we? Go ahead, man. I'm leaving it to you. I always do it first, and I'm, I know people are annoyed to hear my f- voice first. <laughs> well, then, <laughs> that's not going to stop you from chiming in this whole time. <laughs> that's true. I'm just going to sit here silently and just sit here and go, uh... <sighs> Welcome to the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast, presented by Cinema Summit, a podcast about the art of making films, no matter how small the budget. And now, here are your hosts... Alex Dark and Trevor L. Nelson. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. This is episode 23 of the No Budget Filmmaking Podcast. I'm Alex Dark. And I am Trevor L. Nelson. And today we are going to be talking about what no budget films really cost. Surprise! A lot. (laughs) JK, JK. But first, Alex, what are we drinking? Let's surprise them. What are we drinking? We're drinking something new-ish. I mean, we've had it before. New, not to us. It's not. It's not like we're drinking for the first time. We've created some, (laughs) we've taken some mixology courses or anything. Um, I'm having a vodka soda that Trevor made for me. Yeah. Um, You know what? I um, stopped and got some non-Freon ice. Which is Alex's favorite kind of ice. I love non-Freon ice. I hate Freon ice. (laughs) And figured, you know what? It's time to make uh, go back to the vodka sodies. You know, Alex, it was so hot in here in the summer, I feel we missed the opportunity. We have a snow cone machine, and we did not make boozy snow cones during one of the the podcasts this summer. I know. I think that's because... Uh, it was so hot that it would have, by just the time become, it like touched our lips, sugar. it would have just been like sugar drink. <laughs> sugar drink, which is most cocktails anyway. Um, <laughs> but it also probably would have been, if it didn't melt, it'd be crunchy and it'd be not good uh, audio-wise. Yeah, that's true. Um, speaking of audio-wise, if you can hear in the background. Yeah, that's uh, our special guest. My dog Hunter is here with us today. He's a special um, dog. He's That's a special why he's dog. a special he's, guest. Who it all in <laughs> so many ways, so many ways. Um, <laughs> but he's uh, joining us today. Um, if you hear me yelling or running away or talking from a far distance, it's probably because he got into something or he did something dumb, and I have to go chase after him. Yeah, um, but uh, it'll happen. It's bound to happen, especially if we were talking on this thing for an hour. He's good for one mistake every thirty minutes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what else is new with us? Um, the podcast is now on iHeartRadio. Fantastic. Hot lava. Hot lava. And speaking of, we have over 3,000 downloads. And, you know, only episode 23, so I'll take that. Not bad. Not bad. I mean, we're not in any uh, quitting our day job kind of territory, but... No, no, no. Hey, take what we can get, right? Take what we can get. But we're happy. Thank you for all of our fans. Um, And speaking of fans... Yeah. Shout out to listeners in the UK and Sweden. Man, we got we got some some foreign listeners. Our, they make up a whopping seven percent of our yeah. listeners, which is actually surprising. Is pretty cool. Yeah, um, our analytics, and we're say that we have uh, you know not surprising seventy five percent of our listeners from the U.S., four percent from the U.K., three from Sweden, three percent from Sweden, two from Canada. Yeah, hey. Canada. Hey, what's that about? Ah, oh, man, so many things. It's a boot. <laughs> <laughs> and well, I'm, I'm, you know, if you guys don't know, I'm originally from Li- Little Canada, also known as Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And then also surprising, two percent from the Philippines. Yeah, thirty-seven downloads from the Philippines. Right. That's people don't know this, but I'm from the Little Philippines, also known as Las Vegas. <laughs> and there go all of our listeners in the Philippines. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for sticking around for all these episodes and now you are completely understandable that you don't want to listen to us anymore. What I like is that there's a huge percentage of just other like 
That is a huge like, what percentage. Are, what are they? What are they doing to to mask their identities? Maybe they're all in like VPNs and just hopping around like hackers. Fourteen percent are others. Yeah. Where are you guys? Where is other? Where is other? Hmm. Interesting. That sounds like something Larry would say. That is actually something that Larry. Like would say. Larry, there's fourteen percent from other countries, huh? I Where is a, other? I got a great a great joke about other from Don Rickles. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Larry. Let's. Uh, okay. Larry. We're in the middle of an interview, Larry. Let's keep it going. Um. So yeah, I mean that's about it. What's new with us? Um. Not too much. We've been working on the project we were talking about. Things are changing a little bit. Changing a um, bunch of projects. Yeah, the, none of that. None of which we can talk about. No, no, no. We already talked about a little one last week. Uh, I'm sure we got flagged by a bunch of people that figured it was spammy now. So now it's just like, uh, uh, how much should we talk? And yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just let we got the flagged by the NSA probably. I'm sure for a lot of other reasons other than talking about our <laughs> projects coming up. Um, but yeah, we got some stuff coming up as always. Uh, we'll keep you posted. But uh, most importantly, what's new is our love for our podcast fans. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks so much. Um, so on to the main topic, Alex. Let's talk about what we, you know, we last week we kind of talked about. We've talked in the last couple of weeks about how to make you know a living as a filmmaker, and then yes. the week before that is like what our philosophy on no budget filmmaking is. Sure. So let's go in the same realm and talk about what do no budget films really cost? Now you could talk about no budget films that um, you know cost you nothing because you use your camera and all that, but we're talking about you know a no. I would say to qualify this would be a no budget film that you feel is going to be good enough that you can distribute. Yeah. Uh, you know, something like, what do you think? And I think a lot of... Yeah, it, it's hard. Uh, it's hard because a lot of people sort of skew the numbers, like yeah. you just said. They call it a no budget if they use their own stuff, but I mean, that stuff costs money to get. So yeah. how and does some, that factor into it? And some it? people also say no budget just to, because it's the kind of the hot thing now. Yeah, um, and really no budget falls under like, you know, you could have a no budget film for like, $75,000. That's true. I mean, that is the, compared to normal budgets. I, I would say normal, but compared to like main, like mainstream budgets, that's, that's no budget at all. Yeah. Um, especially when so, you consider all the costs that you have to pay for. I'm going to just tighten my microphone stand real quick here. So you keep talking. I got my nice. little trusty. Got, you got your little tool out. You got my tool I'll out. Just talk over your, your distortion as you. You should anyway. Hit your, hit your mic. Yep. You should anyway. I'm, I've got nothing important to say. All right. I think I'm good. Go ahead. Nice. All right. So I think when people think about making a film, especially mm -hmm. like a no budget film, yeah. you're using a lot of, you're trying to use as many resources as you have. So I feel like one of the biggest costs that people think about is equipment. Yeah. Especially if they have a specific look they're going for or specific wants and desires in terms of I need to be 4K, I want to edit it this, I want to yeah. you know, blah blah yeah. blah, I want to shoot raw. I want to shoot raw, I'm going to shoot at night. Um that kind of stuff. Um yeah, so I feel that there is like this I think one of the biggest expenses is renting versus owning your equipment. I mean, yeah. that is like the crux of a lot of the stuff. So like which way do you go? I think it I think it would depend. I mean, it Again, for those people who know us, we are gear junkies and we tend to buy our stuff at pretty cheap prices because we know how to do it. Yeah. And we did that, we went that route kind of because we didn't want to have to rent. We wanted to be able to have enough equipment to shoot whatever we wanted, wherever we wanted, uh, at any budget. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people don't 
think about if you're in LA or if you're in like uh, Chicago or any of these places that actually mm-hmm. have equipment rental places, like you need real production insurance in order to be able to rent. Like you can't yeah. just go yeah, and say, true. I want this for, you know, $150 a day and yep. walk out of there with the thing without having real production insurance that covers like a million dollars worth of equipment or whatever. And also because me and Alex were working other jobs and, you know, our schedules weren't so as free as they are now. We also wanted to, you know, rental houses are the nine to like nine to what, how late would you say the latest one you've seen open is? I don't even know because you usually do the pickups kind of earlier. Yeah. And um, so when we, cause when we do no budget filmmaking, we don't have a big crew. So we were the only ones doing the pickups. And if we're shooting on the weekends and we have work during the week, there wasn't much time to go to the rental houses. So we wanted to be able to shoot on a weekend without having to worry about renting and scheduling that up and asking a friend for a favor to go pick up stuff from a rental house that we needed insurance to use. Um, yeah. And so we just went to the road of, you know what, let us get as much equipment as we can so we can shoot whatever we want, whenever we want. Yeah. And so that in itself if you're buying retail, I mean, you're going to pay us. You're gonna, it's going to be way more expensive, obviously, than renting. Yep. But if you're smart about it, you could theoretically get the same amount of equipment for the cost of renting, but then you get to keep it keeps and use these, it on your next projects. Keeps these and. Which also plays into the idea that, you know, if you're spreading out the cost over multiple projects, how do you factor that into the budget? You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you bought... $10,000 worth of equipment and you use it on two movies. Mm-hmm. Is that $5,000 worth of equipment on each movie? It's hard to say. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, it's all arbitrary, I guess, in the world of no budget filmmaking. Because if you're doing no budget filmmaking, you don't really have to justify a budget to many people. Um, yeah. I think that comes into except play. Yourself. Except yourself. And, <laughs> and I your just, credit card yeah, statement. Yeah. I have, uh, so you don't really have to say, hey, this is $5,000 worth of equipment. Um, but I do think it does help to make, you know, if somebody does ask what your budget was for the movie, you could tell them, you know what, I spent $10,000 on all this equipment, I've used it three times, so this was only $3,333.3333333333 worth of equipment um, for the yeah. my three projects. Um, but at the same time, also, you can use that equipment if you own it, to rent, you can rent it out now with things like KitSplit and ShareGrid. Yeah. So it kind of like, we are of the mindset that own as much as you can within reason. We have uh, not done the of reason part right. within reason. Um, we, yeah, we've gone a little overboard, but in the sense of normal people, <laughs> yeah, uh, own the stuff, own it. And then you can, if you need to get specific things, you can rent it. And it's not that big of a hit to your budget. Yeah. And I think it's, it's something to consider, even if you're not ready to make, a movie or like you're not trying to make your movie or whatever. I think it's something to consider because of different gigs that you might get, depending on what, you know, path you're trying to take and profession, mm-hmm. like area you're trying to get into. Yeah. But, um, we're dealing with something right now, um, where we had to pass on a project, um, to shoot a project. Someone else picked it up, but they didn't have any equipment. So, um, they were sent our way to rent equipment from us. Yeah. But that equipment rental is coming out of what they would make, you know, their day rate, that mm-hmm. person's day rate. So it's like, how many times do you have to do that before you realize, oh, I should just buy my own equipment because it'll offset the cost and eventually I'll ha- will 
I will have paid it off and I'll make more money. I don't want to tell people to go the route of credit cards, but sometimes it's worth it. Um, especially yeah. if you feel that you have a lot of projects coming up that like soon, um, you know, you're going to be getting all these projects that will easily pay it off. Then, you know, take a credit card and do it. We know a, a friend of ours got an Aria Alexa yeah. on credit card and he's renting out enough, not as much as I think he would like. Because for some reason, Aria Alexas are really... <laughs> it's, it's an There's Amira, a, to be fair. Oh, so, is it Amira? Okay, I thought it was Alexa, okay. Which is still, you know, a great camera, but it's definitely more like, I don't know why, it's pretty much the same camera, but they gear it towards documentary filmmakers That's and true. stuff. Um, um, I don't think he's getting as many rentals as he was hoping, but he's still getting rentals where he can pay the bills. Yeah, um, I think he's already paid off most, well, not most of it, but like a, a big chunk of yeah. it, which is nice. Yeah. And so, um, that's our... Th- thing is if you're getting into the no budget filmmaking you want to make a career out of filmmaking own some equipment it doesn't have to be the top of the line it doesn't have to be the newest equipment just yeah. especially if you can use it a lot and get to know the quirks of it and use it to the best of its ability then own it um you yeah. know buy some used gear for sure i mean when i when i first started out freelancing and stuff i had a canon 7d yep and i used that for many many years even after you know the reds came out and they were like the hot new thing and you know, there were all sorts of other cameras like the Canon C500 um, that came out or mm-hmm. all these other things. And I was still using the old 7D and I would still get gigs from it. I mean, yeah. I don't think there's there's this pressure out there to get the latest and greatest stuff because you see it all the time. And you're like, oh man, this one, this one yeah. shoots 422. <laughs> this other one shoots four two zero. Except when that's a big deal. It's like, well, it's not really that big of a deal. Except when a new Canon comes out, and what was it? What was it shooting two two zero? What was that one that? Which just, one? Remember that Canon released a, a camera like? No, that was that was four two zero. I think it was. Oh, four two zero. Um, I forget what camera. It was, it was like their new announcement. It's like, wait a second, four two. I know everyone freaked out about that, which I understand. If you're buying a new camera, yeah, you don't yeah, want that. But exactly. if you're buying a used camera, and it's like, nah, it, it's. It's fine. Yeah, I mean... Like, and, tell, tell me who's going to... Who's going to yeah. check the specs on your camera. And to jump on that, Alex shot something for Larry at a theater downtown and used a 5D. I did. And the, keep in mind, the cameras that we have at Aura at Larry are not the, the best. No. But they, they looked at the footage that Alex shot with his little handheld 5D and they were like... Blown away. This is great. This is amazing. Again, this, that, was, that was kind of at the... Not the beginning. I mean, it was no. it was pretty far into the DSLR yeah. thing. Yeah. But going from broadcast stuff or like a look to yeah. this like hyper yeah. um, depth of field stuff, everyone yeah. was like, "Oh my gosh, it's crazy!" Yeah. Okay, so when we talk, we could talk Rant. about equipment forever. Rant um, over. Okay. All right. So you got the money that you spend on either renting or owning. If you get the right equipment and you find the right deals, owning will be better in the long run than renting. Yeah. Um, but you got to keep in mind that like you're looking at, you know, we were working on a project. We put together like a four week shoot with a decent grip package and, you know, two ton grip package, yeah. camera, lens, sound equipment It's going to cost you $18,000. Yeah. And see, just on equipment, just on equipment. Weeks. And so you, you know, don't get in this idea that if it's, if it's a no budget film that you're going to be spending $5,000 if you have no equipment and you want it to be distributable, it's, it's just can't happen. It's going to be really hard. Yeah. Um, um, again. It's possible. I mean, you can also go the route of like, I'm going to borrow equipment from my friends that have and it. And that's, yeah. And that's a, um, that's another way to go. Yeah. Um, but there's so many other things that stack up with 
Uh, you know, I'm just going to bring this up. I just looked it up right now. Tangerine, everyone's little sweetheart of, hey, look what the iPhone can do. Yeah. Budget was still $100,000. And that's with like oh, yeah. the, the biggest the equipment is iPhone. Like totally. the, the camera is an iPhone, $100,000. Totally. I mean, same with um, Unsane. I mean, it's hard to compare because of the, the talent and the director. Yeah, talent, director, and all that. But, but yeah. I mean, I mean, that was over, that so was you, what? I forget the budget on that, but it was over a million dollars. It's like 1.5. 1.5. You're right. Look at you. Look, at, Look at you. You're just like an almanac. Um. So yeah. So equipment is going to take a big chunk. Even if you don't. Even if you're no budget. Even if, you know. There's a lot of things that play into how much you have to spend to do a film. A film that was shot on an iPhone still costs a hundred thousand dollars, and that's definitely low budget. Yeah, and yeah. a and a, a no budget, micro budget, whatever you want to call it, film yeah. that Trevor and I did. Yeah. Um. We shot on the 5D. And. The budget was, I don't know if we were actually. Yeah, I don't know if we can say, but it was, yeah. um, let's say it was over 50,000. Yep, over 50,000 with a free, and this will bring us to our next one, with a free location. Free location, free equipment. Because and free work, free, free people working on it. Yeah, because uh, I donated equipment, Trevor donated equipment, uh, the, D, the, the DP uh, donated equipment. I think, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if we, did we rent any? Yeah, we did. We yeah, did, we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're right. Okay. That. So that brings us to the other thing. We talked about, um, the film that we produced and worked on and did a lot of things on, um, locations, um, locations. Yeah. If you, again, no budget, best everything the best case scenario is you get everything for free you get people that donate equipment you get locations that are free because your friends own them or your family owns them that's awesome but in the real world um in the real world world, even if you get a free location you still would need a permit for it yep need a permit um so yeah so i mean locations are can be expensive um you know even if there's a list in for California where it has all these places that are like state parks, um, yep. state owned properties that are free to shoot, but you still need permits. And depending on where it is, you need to hire a police officer. You need to hire, uh, or not a water truck, a or, water like, truck um, or a firefighting truck, a firefighter truck, uh, like, uh, just to make sure we shot at, we shot a film at the Vasquez rocks. Uh, you know, look it up, do a little Googling, uh, jiggle the Googles. Yep, and uh, it's in Star Trek. A it's in Star Trek. Times. You'll notice. It's like all the yeah, you'll notice the rocks. Things. It's in like Galaxy Quest and all that. Free to shoot there because it's a state park. Yeah, but because it's a state park and California is known to burn. Yep. Um, you had to have a water truck. Water truck. You had to you have, have a, uh, a monitor. Well, you also had to have um, outhouse like porta bodies. Yeah. And by monitor, I don't mean like a video monitor. I'm talking <laughs> no. about like a, a state-appointed person. Just to make sure you're not screwing up the nature. Yeah. Um, and all this stuff. You had to, I think we had to have two nurses just because it was so vast. Like um, Something like that. Yeah. And also, I mean, if you're getting off-duty police officers, that you're looking at like 75 bucks an hour. Monitors, yep. you're looking at like 50 bucks an hour. Yeah. I mean, it, it um, stacks up for it sure. It stacks up. So nothing, even if you get something for free, unless you're going... Now... When we shot our low budget, when we produced our our low budget film, it was the director writer's girlfriend, who's now um, his wife. It was her family's cabin, so we def- technically didn't need we we should have, but we didn't have any like 
security. We didn't have a monitor. No, no, didn't we didn't have, have fire. Um, we even got the security for the compound. Just stuck it was, around yeah. and shot it. You know, stole the location basically. But the interesting thing was, we went into it with the idea that oh, it's a cabin. We'll yeah. stay there. Yep, and we'll shoot there. Bad yeah. idea. Bad idea. And we found we figured that out real fast yep. and had to rent a second cabin. So even that was not really free. Exactly. So whatever you think is something's going to be free, there's always prices associated with on the back end that you don't take into consideration. Yeah. So now you're looking at okay, so eighteen thousand dollars in equipment. If you if you you know don't own it, locations. I mean, all those monitors. Say you're doing a four week shoot in multiple locations. I'd say maybe a good five thousand. Yeah, and we're, oh, we didn't even mention. The idea of if you have to pay for a location, oh like my gosh. for one of the films we did, um, we needed a place that looked like the White House. Yeah. And we ended up renting this mansion, and it cost, I believe, $3,000 a day. We did it for and a day. We did it for a day, and then we also needed to get the permits and then do the whole, like... yeah. Notifying people that were shooting within the radius and all yep. that kind of stuff. And... and uh now it's all boarded up and for sale. And if anybody wants to go in on it with me for, uh, what is it, $1.5 million? Something like that. Um, just if you guys can put up $1.499,800. So $1,499,800. I can put in the two hundred. We'll be even 50-50 partners. Yeah. Um, you just have to call me to if you want to stay there. That just um, sounds fair. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm a master negotiator yeah. and a master debater. Yep, you are a master debater. Um, so, yeah. So now, okay. So let's say we add $5,000 under locations because you're able to sneak some stuff around. You get it all for free, but you still have to pay for permits and all that stuff. So now mm-hmm. you're up to $23,000. Sure. Yeah. Um, and now the biggest thing, crafty and meals. You, this is so important. Super so important. So important because no matter what you ask of people, if, if they like you, yeah. if they're friends of yours, mm-hmm. if they believe in your project, yeah. if you don't... Pay them mm-hmm. in food, they will revolt. Yeah. They will absolutely they will revolt. revolt. And they will say that you're revolting yeah. for not giving them. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Uh, it happened. Soon. It happened. I knew that was coming. So when it comes to meals and stuff, usually what you want to do is budget a certain amount per head per mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the way to go. Um, and you have to decide if you're paying for um, lunch and dinner. If you're just paying for lunch and then wrapping in time for dinner, all these types of things. There's um, rules for it. Um, there are rules like for it. Union rules and like l- l- mother effing laws. <laughs> yeah, laws. But if, you, if you're if you asking people to do it for free, freedom as much as you can. Um, like I, I will say err on too much food because it will make people much happier in being, okay, um, I'm okay working a 12-hour day for free if I get three meals and I can go over there and grab some red vines. Sure. Oh, man, people who aren't in California, if you don't know what red vines are. Is that a California thing? I don't know. I think it's a West Coast thing. Did you have red vines? No, they're not. Red vines and Twizzlers are not the same thing. They're identical. Get the hell out of here. No, they're not. They're basically the same thing. No, red vines are much chewier. They come in a bucket, and that's it. (laughs) They're Twizzlers that come in a bucket. You got me. Damn. Damn. Um, um, But yeah, so... But the thing... About it, I I think the way to go if you're if you're budgeting for a film, you want to find certain places out here. <laughs> the thing that always happens if you're on like a low budget film, you will have at least one, probably like most days, catered by uh, El Pollo Loco. Mm. So that means 
they're probably pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, Here's the problem with that, though. When we were doing the um, the the short that where we rented the White House looking building, yeah, we the producers two of the producers got a deal with a local restaurant to cater the whole thing for a set amount. Yep, and that was two meals a day. Mm-hmm. Here's how much. Here's how important food is. These people were getting two hot meals a day. It wasn't like salad and all that. It was like. One day was... Yeah, gross salad. Ew. <laughs> Stupid salad. I just eat sticks of butter. That's why I'm fat. Um, but it was, it was like they had like um, patty melts one day. They had, um, you know, spaghetti one day. It was hot m- food that, was, that one of the producers would go up every day and pick it up, and it was good. The last three, four days of shooting... They had repeats. So it was like the stuff that we had at the beginning of the shoot, they would make it again because they ran out of menu items. Yeah. And people were complaining. Sure. Flipped and out. It flipped out. It was like, why are we having this again? It's like, oh, God. Uh, uh, we have muffins from Costco over on the table. It's like people flipped the out. The same exact muffins and every day. Friends of the writer-director flipped out because they were getting duplicate meals. Yeah. Um, so right. food and, is important. And speaking of, on another film... Um, similar thing happened where tight budget, like, okay, the producers on these, yeah. mind you, us, um, didn't have any real say in what the, we were handed a budget mm-hmm. and had to, had to fulfill yeah. everything within this budget. Yep. Um, so on this other film, similar thing happened. People were like, ah, oh, we, we want, other food besides the stuff that we're having every day. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, made special trips. Like we would go get Thai food one day and like, uh, Mediterranean another day and all this kind of stuff because people wanted variety. But even then, uh, there was an incident that I will never forget. Oh man. Where the crew again revolted basically because at the beginning of the day, we would stick a bunch of sodas and waters and stuff in a cooler. Mm-hmm. By the end of the day, the ice would melt. And they, <laughs> what? Yeah. This production wasn't able to stop the laws of physics? It wasn't. And chemistry? It wasn't, but they, oh, how they, dare they? they expected, they, or they wanted us to, in the middle of the day, while we're you know, doing countless things, um, wearing a dozen hats, doing a dozen jobs, wanted us to go out and buy new ice. And put it in. So these are the little again, things you deal with a no budget like, production. These are the little things, but also it just goes to show you how much people care about this stuff. Yeah. So like if you if you supply them with good food and cold drinks, yeah, they will be much happier, and so will you because you won't have to deal with their complaining. And we for the the feature that we produced, we had uh, um, somebody who was kind enough. We gave. Uh, she was given a role, and in return, she cooked for us. She did. And it was great. It was in the other cabin, but at the cabin that we shot at, we had Crafty all the time. They would go to Costco once uh, once every couple of days to get like new stuff, fruit snacks, and fruit by the foot, and muffins. Other fruit-like substances <laughs> that are not actual fruit. <laughs> With 2% fruit juice. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, salad sticks. Salad no sticks. salad included. <laughs> <laughs> Fruitables, no fruit included. Um, so yeah, so you got to remember that 
that's one thing that unless you work out a deal, and some places do where they you know publicize the restaurant or something like that, and they get the the crafty for free. No matter if you get everything else for free, you're probably gonna have to pay for food, and you should. Yeah, you should. Um, and that could go up in the thousands too. So let's just let's make it easy. We're at. Three thousand. We're at twenty three thousand for the equipment and the locations. Let's throw another two thousand in there for food for a four week shoot. Let's throw two thousand. Oh man, that's not even enough. That's is not it? even enough oh, with crafty. All right, let's throw let's throw another four thousand. How's that? Yeah. All right. So now we're at twenty seven thousand, and then now you got to think of this. Now you got your equipment, locations. You got your food. You got your crafty wardrobe and props. Mm-hmm. Wardrobe um, and props. Now this is one of those things that I think a lot of people. Particularly wardrobe. Just, just assume that you're going to use like the... Um, I was just going to say that. You got it. You nailed it. Yeah. Just assume that they're going to use like the, the just, actor's clothes. Yeah, like just, just, bring, uh, just bring your own stuff. Bring like six outfits. We'll pick it on the day of. I know. Oh, man. Not only is that the worst, like laziest kind of yeah. you know, idea when it comes to being yeah. a director, but um, what happens then if you're doing a scene with just like tons of blood and now it's like, oh... Do you mind if I put this goop all over you and yeah. your clothes? Oh, that's a that's a seven hundred dollars suit you brought. Oh. oh, I need you to get on your hands and knees and crawl through this attic. Yeah, exactly. It's like, They're not um, going to do it. So there's a bunch of different places to go. I mean, for costumes and props. I mean, Goodwill, St. Vinny's. Yeah, St. Vinny's in L.A. Um, in Minnesota, maybe the Midwest. They have a company, a store called Ragstock that has mu- multiple sure. locations. Uh, Goodwill. Savers. Savers. There's tons of places to go get cheap stuff that you can actually like. Because a lot of times, guess what? They're actors. They're not going to act. Their characters aren't going to be exactly how, who they are in real life. So what they like to wear doesn't necessarily mean the characters are going to yeah. like to wear that. Um, and, and then, and when you're talking about um, costume continuity, yeah, you don't want to leave that in the hands of like the actors remembering to bring certain things, and then yeah. also keeping it. In holding good on to their personal clothes for the whole entire shoot. Oh yeah. man, not a good idea. And it also goes to jump onto the props thing. Art direction. Now, a lot of people seem to think that they can just go to a location, and since it's cheap, they'll just use it as is. Lighting, in my opinion, lighting and art direction slash props are two of the things that, if they're done poorly or cheaply, give away the entire movie. Like just oh, yeah. like if you are like I'm at a I'm at a police station and it is literally an office building. <laughs> sure. You're, you're, you, I mean, there are ways to cheat it, and you have to be smart, and that's why you know no budget filmmaking takes a lot of smarts and outwitting. Yeah, and being creative, uh, being and like super creative, problem solving. But you, but you yeah, can't skimp production on that. design. When you look at movies and you're like, oh man, what that looks so good. I feel like a lot of people think just automatically think it's like. The lighting or the camera, yeah. But a lot of times, it really is the production design. Like if you, yeah. one of my favorite movies, just visually, uh-huh. is um, I saw the devil. Oh, great man. movie! Love that movie. It's so um, twisted. I love it. Check it out if you haven't seen it. But yeah, it's, got, it's like these Korean horror movies. They have such cool production design, yeah. and it's highlighted by really good lighting and cinematography, and great wardrobe and stuff. So it all works together. But if you have like kind of poor, like you show up to a location and just use it as is, it might be okay. Yeah. In some scenarios, but a lot of times it's not like you need to arrange, like rearrange things or like bring in stuff where it's like, oh man, it just looks really bare because. That's one thing. Yeah. It looks really bare. Yeah. Like like an apartment that doesn't look lived in. 
or um, you know, an office that has no desks or something like that. Like, yeah. And then walk into any of your friends' apartments and you'll notice that like 90% of them just are like white boxes. But if you look in movies, most locations don't have white walls at all. No, they have wallpaper, they have wood, they have brick, they have all this stuff. And that's on purpose and not necessarily the way the, um, the house was that when they got there, a lot of times they paint it. A lot of times they put up wallpaper, yeah. you know, and these are things that just take it to the next level that you need to think about and, you know, maybe do on your no budget project to make it a little bit better. I mean, everyone says films are heightened reality. So even though all your friends have like a white walled apartment and they really don't have an interior decorator on payroll, like some of us, <laughs> I call her wife. Um, <laughs> Um, they, they, that's not true in movies, unless it's an integral part, a part of the character, like they yeah. are poor or they are, they moved out or they're like squatting somewhere. It, it takes away if, if it doesn't look lived in. Yep. Man, all those squatter, <laughs> squatter movies. I'm sorry. The dog. That's like a whole subgenre of movie. Yeah. The dog just farted and I don't have a fan on it. Oh, Off nice. It's got to come your way. Nice. Oh, damn it. Hunter. Hunter. Oh, God. Yes, sicko. And he's sleeping right underneath me, and he's just like, yeah, just I know roll. what he did. I know what letting I did. Let him roll. Chew on that. Um, all right, sidetrack. And then, okay, let's talk about props, too. In one of the films, we had prop weapons. and God, those things were pain in the asses. They were, and they obviously were not meant to be props. They were nope. toys yep. and airsoft-type things. They had the, uh, the... They were plastic, mostly. Yeah, and they had the orange tips so that people would know they were toys. Sure. We used to these shotguns that uh, we had two of them, I think. And they, no, didn't we have like three? And then one just completely broke, and we had to we fix. We had three, all of them broke. Oh yeah, we were. Able, I, I I had to like sit there and try <laughs> to were, put them together. You were on shotgun duty, man. Um, I, and it was it was bad. I mean, every day I had to go back and like reglue and like try to just make these things stick together in the form of shotgun. Yeah, but um, in the form man, of shotgun, <laughs> that's another. Another thing I feel like yeah. people, when it comes to like crucial props, they won't buy extras. Yeah. You know, I think if it's, if it's something that's like really important is in many, many scenes, you might want to buy another one or two just in case something happens to that one. And, and that being said, that is one thing, like a, if a prop is crucial, that's something you can't go to a, like a, you know, a secondhand store or something because you need the right. exact one. Right. Um, we have... We we made the miniatures. We had a plane yeah. that was mm-hmm. now. Granted, I'm not going to put all the blame on us on this one because I rarely <laughs> do. And you know what? We're uh, free from blame. But uh, we made a plane miniature that we we're going to use force perspective, and it had blown up and crash landed and all that. And we you know put damage on it. and It looked great. Yeah. And then they're like, and they never told us this before. They're like, hey, we need the other one that is not damaged. And we're like, what? Excuse me? Huh? Pardon? <laughs> And so we had to go find the exact same model airplane, the exact same brand, and build a second one. Yeah. Oh, my God, this dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Um, okay. You can't see it because it's a podcast, but Trevor's eyeballs are melting. This is and so his nostrils are on fire. Bad. <laughs> Luckily, I lost my sense of smell years ago. Ever since you got married. <laughs> um Okay, and so this is okay. So we we got wardrobe and props. We want to add. We want to go make it an easy, even. What we did we go to? 
We added four thousand. So we want to add three thousand dollars. So we're up to thirty thousand. Maybe I mean that could be high. It depends on the movie, you know. Because if you're making a horror yeah. film or if you're making like a drama, you probably will have different yeah, requirements. But, so let's. But but I was going a little low on the crafty and food. So let's just make it a nice even thirty. Okay, 30. thirty. Now here's the thing that people a lot of no budget filmmakers make uh, make mistakes at, and that is saving money for post production. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are like thirty thousand dollars. That's what I have. Boom, and they spend it on equipment, Ooh. locations. Crafty, paying certain crew members that they need to pay. Wardrobe and props. Wardrobe and props. And then they're like, I got it. Got it. Nailed it. Let's get this movie going. And then they they come to the end and they're like, oh, crap. I ran out of money. I spent everything. (laughs) Yeah. I would say if you are crafty enough to get most of your crew and equipment for free, you're still going to want to pay people in post. Because yep. that's where it matters the most, especially if you want to distribute it. Definitely. And especially, I mean, you, need you can't a, be an expert on everything. Exactly. So I w- would imagine you're probably not an expert sound mixer, mixer. and uh, Foley artist. Foley artist, ADR, um, recordist. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you, you guys got to think of this. Like, if you can do all this, awesome, and it's going to save you a ton of money. But... ADR, sound mixing, Foley, colorist. Dialogue editing. Editor, if you're editing. not an editor. Yeah. Um, uh, marketing. VFX. VFX. Um, these are all things you have to pay for after you say cut for the last time on set. Yeah. And not only that, but say it's all edited together and then you realize you need some pickups. Oh, man. Got to rent the equipment. Got to get the people back. Got to pay if you paid actors. Got to pay them for another day. You got to do that. Got to get the locations again. Got to get the permits again if you're doing that. Yeah. And so post-production costs will sneak up on you. And then you're like, you're in the movie. You're done with the movie. You're excited. You got 30000 into it that you got from your mother's. Oh, my God. He did it again. Um, (laughs) Mother's brother's. uh, That means he's your uncle. (laughs) Um, uh, Business partner. And... It sucks to be like, okay, I asked for 30000 and he really can't wait to see the film, but I still need 15000 to finish it. Yep. And that, I would say, on a no-budget film, that 15000 to finish, if, if let's just say they know a thing or two about post. Like, they don't need an editor. Sure. But they need sound mixing, colorist. Um, you could easily spend 15000 yeah. just on the sound. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's be generous and say 20000 extra for post work. Yeah. That's pretty... I would almost would say like just double it it's like make it 60 total you know 30 production 30 okay post. let's go 30 so now you're sitting at 60,000 for this no budget film yeah um and um we're gonna get into alex's like sneaky distribution costs so you have yeah. sixty thousand dollars you have your movie it's time for it to make money guess what you gotta spend more money for it to get <laughs> you do and also <laughs> this goes money. back to I mean, this happened to us on a film where we hired a um, a post sound designer to do stuff. He did it, so we thought, you know, correctly. Um, we get to the distribution phase. Oh. They run it through their QC, QC and Quality it's like, oh, man, wait a second. Um, this isn't done properly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we were like, oh, wait, the sound designer wasn't the person who's supposed to like 
mix it all together and make sure that it's mixed right and make the sure the levels are good and yeah he just put in this he just like put in the the sound effects and the all that stuff and didn't you know do anything else equalize it didn't do anything um left like some spaces where there was no sound design whatsoever and lots, that's, lots and of that's one of those things that you'll notice i i notice it when somebody takes like sets a glass down and it doesn't make this sound like or you know yeah. you notice that stuff or the clothes rustling i think is the, a big one that he exactly. didn't include and i think um our poor uh, writer director ended up having to do it himself because he literally was like, I cannot go back for more money exactly. because I already did for the post, the rest of the post stuff. Yep. And now we're into distribution and he's like, there's no way I can go back for more money. So I have to do this myself. Yep. And it took time. You trade a off lot of time, gray hairs. You trade off time for money, you know? So it's like, are you jumping to ahead? Yeah. I'm jumping oh, look ahead. at you. You're so crafty. You um, at, wrap it all together. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So, that's kind of the trade-off. It's like, yeah, you can get it done faster with a professional by paying them a lot, mm-hmm. or you can spend a lot of time trying to futz around and do it yourself. You might have to do it a couple times. Yep. Uh, get the gray hairs, like Trevor said. Yep. Um, and th- in this case, it worked out, and he was able to do it. Yeah. But but I think he would have rather not. Sure, you would have rather um, had had it done right the first time. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of stuff comes with experience, and I think. You know, when you when you're a no budget filmmaker and you're trying to like uh, juggle so many things, it's like you when you do have other people doing things, yeah. you hope to be able to just like pass it on to them because you have a dozen other things you're trying yeah. to you know juggle at the same time. Yeah, and so it went kind of unnoticed, and then um, yeah. you know, came back to bite him in the ass a little bit. I would say so. You know, there. I would say just for like overages and, and sneaky distro costs, 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 what the hell this, this vodka is giving Costuses. me all loopy. Bob Costas's, um, that you're looking at probably another 15,000. 15,000. Could be. Could be. Could be. Could also not be. Could also not be. So just to be safe, 75,000? Yeah. So now, you know. You're done with your movie and it's going to get out to distro, but it's $75,000 and it's a no-budget film. Yeah, so and you this, gotta, is, this is exactly how it's not so crazy to think about how a movie shot on an iPhone cost $100,000. Exactly, because like $75,000, we are saying, is an estimate if you can get some things for free. That's not including paying anyone. Yeah. You paid zero people with that. Yeah, zero cast and crew. Yeah. You just paid them in food. And so, I mean, you can, like, like Alex said, you can see how $100,000 for a movie shot on an iPhone is no longer that crazy. Yeah. And it's still considered no budget. Mm-hmm. So now we talk about the non-monetary things that'll cost you yep. for doing no budget film. We had talked about, um, I mean, I would say our best example is the daughter that we produced. Yes. The things you can't pay for you have to do yourself or and that just equals time. So yep. the writer director was forced to do this QC stuff and coloring on his own and learn it. He didn't know how to do it, but he, it, out of necessity because he didn't have any money left, he had to do it on his own. Yeah. And that just took so much time while he was working the job because he had to pay back the credit cards that he put the movie on. Yeah. Plus um, I after the movie was shot had to do the VFX. Which I'm not, I'm not an expert VFX artist, so it took me a while. 
also while I was trying to do other things, working at jobs. Yep. And so again, it was extra time. Had it been a, a real visual effects artist, it would have been better. Yeah. Um, taking less time. You're good. Don't sell yeah. yourself short. Yeah. You're tall. That's why you don't sell yourself short. Yep. Tall <laughs> drink of water. <laughs> Which everyone thinks is weird when I say you're a tall drink of water. Maybe that's more reserved for a wife or a girlfriend to say to a guy, but... <laughs> is right. it? Yeah, we're going to go from there. Mm. Um, and then also, um, if you're doing no budget and you're trying to get your locations or your equipment for free, time really plays an important factor in that you may have to spread your shoot over multiple weeks or months. Yeah. At least days. Um, somebody or come back again. Like, for example, we did that. We shot yeah. uh, a few weeks and then Recouped. we took a break. We were hoping, planning on finishing the shoot in that amount of time. Yep. But quickly realized, oh man, we're getting, we're, we're incrementally getting off schedule. And by the end of it, we had another week to do mm-hmm. that we, we came back a few months later and did. And luckily it was a, it was a, Smaller crew to shoot. Smaller crew, only a few cast members. Yep. Um, in fact, this this is the thing. I think we've told this story before. We had one of the cast members had to put a wig on to be one of the ladies who couldn't be there. Yes. Um, and that's just because of time. Um, and then you have to realize that you're if you're not paying people, you may not have the most experienced people. They, they may yep. be in roles that are a step of, above what they're used to getting paid for. So yep. your shoots may take a little longer. You're, you're, I want to get through two to three pages a day may boil down to one and a half Yo, to definitely. one. Because the, Especially the, on complicated things. Yeah. I think um, being a, maybe a less experienced director, it, it'd be easier to get sidetracked by issues that arise and people saying, well, should we do it this way? And that, then you're like, yes, hmm, that is huge. Let me think about that. That was a film school problem where everyone wanted to be a director. Yep. Um, but, and also people that aren't getting paid will want to give their opinions so they feel they have more invested in the movie. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so if you have people, say, you know, you have a somebody who's used to being a, a DIT is now being first AC. Yep. Th- that's great. I have no problem with that, but just no, understand it's going to take them a little bit longer to to do things the first week, maybe. Yeah. Um, until they get the hang of it. I remember when I was on the uh, the short that we shot. I was fresh out of college, and I, you know, had tasks on being a director. Never had uh, AD'd before, but I was first AD. First five five days on the shoot, I would say I was. Not keeping people to task about because I wasn't sure of myself. Sure. I wasn't keeping people on task, which the AD is like to keep things on schedule, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. What's going on with this? What's going on with that? Wasn't doing it as well as I should have. Yeah, and we suffered, and I felt bad. Um, Man, that's tough though. I, it's one of those things. I don't. If you haven't done it before, you don't realize how difficult things are. Yeah, because the same thing happened to me after shooting something. I was asked to first uh, AD a project. Yeah. Um, by actually the makeup artist of one of the features we did. Yeah. Um, asked me to first AD this random short, you know. And being sort of a a go-getter, I was like, yeah, I've never done that before, but I'll give it a try. Like to meet Gotta people. Got to do it, yeah. Try new roles. Um, man, disaster. <laughs> disaster. Because I am so not that person. You know, I'm not, yeah. that's just not my personality type to be like, 
on people's back, like pushing them yeah. towards. And that's what was hard for me as an AD is like, I'm not one to be like, especially when I'm a director, I'm like, I just want to have a loose atmosphere and, you know, get things done. Yeah. Um, but no, you got to be like, okay, you got to be like, you got one more. And if it takes over 60 seconds to do, I'm cutting the camera myself. Yeah. And I will, I will move this along. And you know what? This scene is cut. I don't care if it's pivotal and somebody dies. Yeah. It's cut. It's it's out of here. And you got, and, and you know what? That's why some people are just ads for the rest of their career because that's what they're great at. Yeah. Um. If you find a, a super solid first ad, man, hang on to that. Person. They are lifesavers, and they will make or break your project. Um, and so, um, you're also got to realize that time and money go to, together because if you're doing this for free, people have jobs that they have to pay bills. And yeah, so, so they're losing money. They're losing money, and they're gonna, they're gonna, if they don't get their food, and they're losing money, they're gonna kill you. They're real mad. <laughs> they're real, real, real mad. Real, real mad. Yeah, no, it sucks. I mean, even as one of the key creative people or like the person whose passion project it is, yeah, it still sucks when a you're spending tons of probably your own money and not and, making money, and family members' money, and. You're losing out on money that you would normally be making. Exactly. It's just like ah, extra pressure, extra uh, stuff to consider. I mean, I was lucky that when I did the the um, the daughter, I was at a job where I got vacation time. So, but at the same time, I'm still use, losing money because I can't go on vacation to a fun place. I'm shooting a movie. Yeah. Um, granted, I had a blast on it. I learned a lot. I'm not saying it wasn't fun. It was stressful, but it was fun. But you can't go on a, a vacation with your then girlfriend. Yeah, my then girlfriend. Um, and I can't go, you know, see my family in Minnesota, which I did yeah. every year. But I had to take a break off of that. So it's it, it it's a trade off, and it sucks. Yep. Um, but you just got to keep that in mind, and that's why you got to keep people happy the best way you can with the amount of money you have, because you never you, people will sacrifice for no budget. Everyone will, one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, finally, it the cost comes down to also pulling favors from your friends. Yep, pulling favors. And that's another type of currency. It's like, man, there's only so much of that to go around. Exactly. And so you got to make sure you're doing it at the right time. Uh, you're going to ask. You don't want to be the person that asks for favors every every few months. I will give a piece of advice. I think Alex will – actually, I'll – I'll give my piece of advice in the sense of asking Alex. Do you think it's easier to pull favors from friends when you're fresh out of college in your 20s than it is when you're 30, 35? 100%. Yeah. I think when you're when you're fresh out of college, you're used to doing favors because the entire filmmaking process in college is essentially favors. You know? Like even yeah. if you're doing it for a class, yeah. it's still like I I worked on classmates projects yeah. they, i wasn't in their class but i yeah. worked on it i did it for my own experience and as a favor in some cases yeah you know what i mean so you're used to that mentality coming out of film school if you get on a project and they're like hey we want to do this you're still like learning and you're like yeah i want to do this for the experience and that's it yeah but if you if you are 10 15 years out of college and all your friends are too and you're like hey i know you have a full-time job doing this other thing. Will you take time off from that job to do my thing? Yeah. It's, it's very difficult. And so I think what you end up doing is not, not necessarily asking people for favors directly, but you say, Hey guys, you, you basically use their network and say, Hey, I I need a first AD. Do you know anyone? 
So then it's, you're not asking people to do it themselves necessarily. You're saying, do you know anyone who's interested and in that place in their life where mm-hmm. they, they want to do this? And so that's kind of what the favor becomes as you get older, I think. No, yeah, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I think it's it's I, I couldn't agree more. It's when you're fresh out of college, you look at it as a, you're you're being paid in experience and knowledge. Yeah. And now it's now for like at our age, the you know we're over the hill. We're at the twilight of our years. Yeah. Um, um, it's kind of like one of those things. It was like, well, no, I need to make money because especially because out of college everyone assumes you're poor and so you you don't have as many bills but it's like um um it's one of those things where um at like 35 i'm like uh well it also comes down to when you're this just came to me when you're 22 or something like that you just want to take in the experience but at 35 i think personally for us because we have you know consistent gigs our free time is going to want to work on our passion projects. There's definitely that. And, and it's not so much that we don't want to work in it, um, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, I know it's your passion project, but I have other things I need to work on to further my career. Because now it's getting into career time, not just like I'm learning. It's I am – yeah. Yeah, and I think um, there's less, there's less um, excitement, like you said – because everyone, well, at least our friends, when you when you go to film school, everyone wants to be like the director, the producer, the DP or whatever. They want the key roles, you know? So yeah. asking friends to fill roles that they're A, not used to, yep. B, that they don't really want to do is tough. I mean, you're just, yeah. it's, again, that's not really going to happen. I feel like that's why you got to ask people for favors to, um, you know, utilize their network or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Um, and I think you have to deal with the fact that people are going to be less motivated on set. Super. If yeah. you get them to set, yeah. they're going to be less motivated because, <laughs> oh, man. And, and your job as the director will then not only include directing the project, but also being like a cheerleader and trying to get people excited constantly about what, what you're doing. So they don't drop off the face of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the term passion project becomes more and more annoying as you get to like an older age. It's just kind of like the, you know what? I think you're saying passion project, but what you mean is free for me project. Free for me project. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And it it is one of those things where you spend most of your time like, like (laughs) we talk about food makes them happy. That don't even do it at that age, at like this age. Like that don't even do it. Like I won't, if somebody says, Hey man, I want you to work on this project. Granted, if I'm not doing anything or if it's a super close friend or it's a one-day shoot and it's kind of a cool thing that I'm working on, yeah, I'll do it. Right. But, like, I'm to the stage where if I'm not invested in it or whatever and you say, yeah, but I'll get you food, I'll be like, eh, mm. I'm going to go buy my own food and relax. Like, because I'm, yeah, I'm working I have on- limited time exactly. to myself. I just want to be by myself. <laughs> yeah, but also- Just leave me alone. You can take my wife and have her do it I so do- I can just yeah, be exactly. alone. Please. Please, she doesn't know anything. Take her, though. <laughs> Yes. Um, no, I think the the word passion project should be reserved for very specific projects that really are passion projects. Because I think um, if you're like a filmmaker, technically you should be passionate about every project you That's do. That's true. So every project in a sense is a passion project. But to me, like calling it out that way and, and, and 
calling upon your friends and, and other people to like shell out favors. Yeah. You're kind of like, I don't know. You could be a jerk if you, if you constantly say that every project is a passion project. Yep. I totally agree. I think, you know, you could, you could write a timeline of like what passion project should mean at each stage of life. On yeah. a college passion project is, Hey, I really believe in this. I want you to work on it for free. It's like a stepping stone yeah. project. Yeah. For and all of us. It, and if I get going, then that means I'm going to bring you with me. Exactly. 35, passion project means, you know what? I'm going to pay you. It may not be your normal rate, but I'm going to pay you. Yeah. Um, and then at like 40 and above, passion project means, hey, you know what? I'm going to pay you your rate, but I may work you a little bit harder than I normally do because I really believe in this project. Yeah. And so. And and to me, you have to, you have to really, really, it, it's like this is the project, right? That's going to change everything. Yeah. Like it has to be that. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise you're yeah. just making a thing. Yeah. Like it's doing, not anything special. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like the passion project has to be like, Hey, like I keep bringing this example up because I think this is a perfect example. Zarthura, which was John Favreau's movie. It was, it was like a loose sequel to Jumanji. Yeah. In it space. was, it was his first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bah, 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 everything in space. It was his like test to see if he could handle a VFX movie before they gave him Iron Man. Yeah. At that point, it's like, guys, my passion project. If I get good on this, yeah. I'm going to get a Marvel movie. And guys, listen, it's, I need some real VFX here, yeah. and it needs to be like rock solid. And if I get this. I'm going to get Iron Man, yeah. and you will yes. be doing and that the is, effects there it on is. Iron Man. And you have to, if it's a pro- passion project, you need to promise everyone that they're coming to you with the next, with you at the next level. Yeah, and I think that's that's one of the big things. Is like anyone can say that, right? Like, yeah. Oh, guys, no, this is going to be real great. Yeah. Um, we're going to do this, this, and this, and you can easily like overpromise things. Yep. But the key is to do it with integrity and not promise things that aren't real. You yeah. Know? Like if you're, if you're saying like, like if you have a deal from someone who is like, you know what? I really like your script. I don't think I want you to write it or, or I, I want you to direct it because you haven't directed anything. Yeah. But if you can show me something uh, that can prove that you can handle this, we'll be into it. Then you could be like, okay guys, this is a passion project. Yeah. I got to make this thing. It's got to yeah. be awesome because it's going to lead to this other thing. Um, that is real. And if it happens, I'm more than happy to take you guys with me because you guys did such a good job on this thing. Um, that's like a real promise versus like, guys, I'm going to make this thing. Guess what? It's going to get into Sundance. It's going to do all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. Guess what? It's going to make a hundred million dollars. Like, no, it's not guys. It's not. Yeah. I mean, I think the reason you see so many people, so many directors use the same actors is one, the actor has to be good first. Two, the director and actor have to good, have a good connection. But at some point, what happens is that these directors are using these actors when they're starting out. And this actor was like giving them good stuff, was able to do it at a lower rate. And they're like, you know what? Thank you. And I know you're a good actor, so let's go. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's an ongoing joke now if you uh, read the, the, uh, the papers of the industry. Like, Oh, I'll give you an example. Ryan Coogler is going to be producing the next Space Jam movie. Sure. Starring LeBron. And so the whole joke going around is like, oh, so Michael B. Jordan's going to be yeah, in it. Yeah, of course he is. And 
it's a joke, but it's probably going to be true. And why? Because one, Michael B. Jordan's a great actor. Two, amazing. Michael B. Jordan basically killed it in Ryan Coogler's directorial debut. Yeah, so did. why do you not keep thinking that guy? And and it's like they kind of came up together. You yeah, know? exactly. They, he, they killed. It. They both killed it. He made a great movie. Yeah. Uh, he acted, you know, very well. And very then well. they kind of blew up together. Yeah. So obviously, like, why wouldn't you stick that's, with those people? That's my, that's the that's the epitome of hey, this is my passion project. This is my big chance. Yeah. And if you help me out here, then we're gonna go at this together. Yeah. Ryan Coogler was like, I got a chance to direct a movie produced by Forrest Whitaker. Uh, yep. If I kill this, then guess what? I'm going to direct a Marvel movie and kill it and make it one of the highest grossing Marvel movies of all time. Yeah. And and the sequel to Rocky. And and if you do this with me, uh, I'm going to make you Creed and I'm going to make you the <laughs> yeah. uh, make you Killmonger in Black Panther. <laughs> I'm going to put yeah. you in everything I ever do and jumpstart your career. And so yeah. that is where the passion project and the favors really pay off. Don't do this passion project where, oh, I'm going to do a short and yeah. I want you to act in it for free. And that's also why you got to really, you know, know what you're, let people know what they're getting into. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's and a big part don't, of it. Don't, like, and don't lie. There, I was just going to say that. There are so many liars in this industry. So many people who are just trying to, like, puff themselves up and make them because, seem much more because important. Because there is an element of this industry that is like, fake it till you make it, even at yeah. like higher levels. Yeah. But I think, man, it, it's really discouraging when it happens to you, when you're like, oh man, this guy sold me a bill of goods. Yeah. And I just put three months into this project and it's going nowhere. Or, you know, on the other end, if you say it so much that you start to convince yourself of that these things are true and it doesn't happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and and so that's why just be honest. Be be one of the good guys in the industry. One that is honest with people and yeah, have have some integrity. And it will help you out in the favors department. Yep. Man, we just went crazy on that. Yeah, we went on some rants there. We did. We did. But now it's on to um everyone Everyone's favorite section, yeah. and when I say everyone, I mean the people in Sweden love this. Yeah, they do. They super love this. They they, they told me. Um, yep. But it there is. There was a button they pressed, <laughs> and I think they all pressed it. <laughs> <laughs> they all pressed it. Um, so this uh, this is this is what's cool, and this one's gonna blow up because IBC is happening in Amsterdam. It's kind of like the CSS. Uh, CSS. C- oh yeah, CES. Yeah, of the you know on a global scale and all that. So mm-hmm. a lot of things were mm-hmm. announced um, recently, and a lot of cool stuff, a lot of equipment, a lot of programs. Um, yeah. So what do you start us off, Alex? We, we're what, just what was scratching the surface. Well, we are, we are, we are. So well, okay. search on the web. So, yeah. uh, type in IBC 2018. You'll see a lot all of cool stuff, stuff that's coming out. Okay, so uh, first like one, CSS in the US. yes, Sorry, yeah. yes. like HTML <laughs> in. Oh wait, I'm used to um, drinking six beers during these <laughs> podcasts, and I drank one whiskey. Oh man. Yep. You no know, whiskey. Yeah. See, I said he, I even said whiskey. Even though yeah, it was vodka. Drunk. Go ahead. Get yeah. out of here. Whatever. I'm going to sleep here with my dog. All right. Go ahead. Um. First thing, GoPro Hero Seven Black. Oh yeah. Which you know, GoPro's been in some trouble. Why you got to bring that up? <laughs> just financially. Why you got to bring that up? You know, it's so. I think you know they're hoping that this is going to be really good. Yeah. And they put a lot into it. I'm sure to try Super to like good. to try to save it mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um. So they added this thing called Hyper Smooth, which is a feature that they say will allow 4K 60p video without a gimbal that is like gimbal like, mm. you know, super smooth as it, as it were. <laughs> I wonder if this is kind of like um now I haven't seen the footage, I haven't read about it. 
I wonder if this is kind of like they're shooting in 4.3K and then they use kind of like the Adobe um, warp stabilizer. Like built in, maybe. Built in kind of thing. Maybe. They say um, they say that it'll work in underwater. Okay. It works in high shock and wind situations. Okay. Um, and could be like one of the craziest sort of advancements in image stabilization oh, ever. Okay. Up to this date, who says that does? Is that what? Is That's that what, what GoPro okay. says about themselves. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, is that them toot tooting their own horn? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would, it's probably something like a warp stabilization built in, and they're shooting a little bit of higher resolution and then cropping it down. I imagine um, you're probably right, but um, it could also be, you know, some cameras like, yeah. um, what is it, the GH5? Yeah, has a floating sensor. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder if that's small, if they could do that. But um, Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll have to check it out. We'll have to check it out. Yep. Um, as always, you can find these show notes and links to it, and you can check out for yourself. Um, I've got the small HD Focus OLED. OLED is kind of like the crisp new monitors that monitor technology. They also yeah. use the TVs. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's got SDI, which is kind of newer for uh, small HD. They were kind of, uh, you know, the budget HDMI. And also, also, I mean, they have a lot. Yeah. Nowadays, they started out as like the budget yeah, thing. That's true. That's true. Now they got the big ones, the big, the super tough. The big ones, and yeah. they got like the really expensive yeah. ones. And then this one also has a touchscreen. Touchscreen nice. and all that. Um, It's got, you know, it's $800, which is great. It's a, it is only an HD display. It's not a 4K display. Um, It's, it's got a crazy contrast ratio, 60,000 to one. Wow. And uh, it supports 3G SDI. It's pretty cool. I mean, I think, um, I mean, SDI is always better in my opinion than HDMI in terms of, of like, yep. you know, um, being reliable and not like popping out or breaking. I was going to say, yeah, the locking, the locking twist lock on the SDI, I love, love, love much it, more love than it. HDI. So what I do like HDI, though in a monitor, yeah, you are. HDMI, yeah. What I do like though in a monitor mm-hmm. is the ability to input one, output the other, just to have it be extra versatile, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm shooting on a DSLR that has HDMI. Yeah. I'm going to put HDMI in and then send it out to another monitor or something through SDI. Yeah. I I just like having that option. Yeah, like your Cineroid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, But this doesn't have that option, which is fine. I feel like it's more purpose-driven. You know, you need... Yeah. It's kind of like a... Field monitor. We have... A specific camera that we're using this for. It's not mm-hmm. like a monitor that we're taking out on gigs. Yeah. And, you know, taking whatever life gives us. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So there's that. But it looks really cool. Yeah. Does it say the price? $800. And I, I don't know if that is for, I think that might be for the HDMI version. Um, mm-hmm. The SDI version will be a little bit more expensive. I don't think they've released the price that's for that. That's not bad, though. You no, know, that's not bad at all. It's not bad. Uh, a little five inch monitor with. Uh, OLED, love it. Yeah, don't hate that. Yep, yep, yep. So the next one I got is the Teradek RT line of accessories for cameras. So they have the ACI, which is the assistant camera interface. Mm, Who's drunk now? um, Um, Which uh controls RED cameras, you know, for an assistant camera operator. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they have new wireless focus and lens control systems, which is really cool. Is Is this their first foray? Into um, into like camera, like you know, follow focus and stuff like that. I believe so because oh, wow. as okay. you 
may or may not know, Teradek is known for their wireless video yep. transmitting mm-hmm. devices. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is their first um, attempt at like a follow focus. And it looks really nice. Um, it looks very professional. Yeah. Um, you know, we have the Red Rock Micro um, follow focus system. And it's cool. It's very, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it, it would leave a lot to be desired in terms of professional features. So like just looking at the the photos, even from the tear deck, it has, um, rings that would align with your lens, mm. um, mm-hmm. uh, focus marks. So, yeah. you know, it has like four feet, six feet, you know, whatever. You don't, on have, the to, lens you don't have to mark it up. Yes. Yeah, so like you can, do like, for the you can like swap out these rings and just you know, nail it. Yeah. And, and I mean, a company that is known for its wireless technology, you'd think it'd be pretty, uh, pretty intuitive and pretty responsive in the terms of the wireless follow focus. You would think so, but you'd you hope know, so, man. I mean, wireless stuff always is, it's, it's tough, questionable. Man. It's a big it's questionable so tough. Um, issue. especially because it uses a 2.4 gigahertz wireless radio, which is a lot of crowded like yeah. frequencies. It's that's, yep. that's Wi-Fi. Yep. Um, and that's why, I mean, I've been on shoots where they've had, these things go into like five operators and they've had a tree of wireless receivers and stuff go into a video village and man, it's like every, every take one of them is failing and they have to restart and stuff. But I I do like, not that we'd ever use it. I do like the 5,000 foot wireless range though. That's pretty solid, but not that we'd ever use it, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Speaking of 2.4 gigahertz band, um, the deity wireless mic system. So the deity is, is, is like kind of a new, I wouldn't say a new, company but their wireless they used to make they, they used to just strictly make microphones like okay budget microphones nice. um and they had a relationship with aperture which we know very well yes um but now they've released their own kind of uh wireless lav system it's called the nice. deity um Interesting. It's kind of one of those things where, like, the price point is great, but it comes with some caveats. Okay. So it is 2.4 gigahertz, which is yeah. extremely, for wire, for wireless audio, is extremely busy. Sketchy. Very, very stretchy. Sketchy. Um, Wi-Fi, you know, it's a Wi-Fi band. Um, the reason they did that 2.4 is if you are at 2.4 uh, gigahertz band, you don't have to get a license to do it, which is why it's so crowded, because companies can come out with 2.4 um yeah. Without having to go to the FCC and get um, approval, get a license, which is expensive and time-consuming. Sure. Um, it does have an adaptive frequency hopping feature. That's nice. Where it, it jumps between nine frequencies, whatever's one's the cleanest, which is, is helpful. Is helpful. Um, the one thing I don't like is it has an internal battery. Really? That you can't That's pop terrible. out. Yeah. You That's can't pop out. That's a terrible out. idea. <laughs> why, why do they do that? <laughs> I think they're trying to keep it cheap. Um, oh, but it, it is a 10-hour internal battery. It is battery. a 10-hour internal battery. That's great. Okay. okay, but see, here's the thing. Now, I don't know, and it, I can't tell for sure, say you forget to charge it or something like that. It's, the problem is, is that if you're on set and you have an hour left and you go two hours and it dies, you're screwed. Yeah, what are you going to do? I mean... Not to say that most people will, you know, a day after they won't start charging everything that's chargeable. But I wonder, you could forget. I wonder so it's, it charges through USB C, mm-hmm. quick charging, it says. I wonder how quick. That's and true. also, I wonder if you can operate it while it's charging. So if, if you like, have like at, a, you have like a little battery USB pack, 
yeah, USB pack. I wonder if that would work. I don't know. Maybe as like a emergency backup scenario because ten hours is no nothing to like scoff at. No, you know? no. I mean, if you if, if you're you, using double A's, man, you got to change out batteries. Yeah, know, something frequently. like Electrosonic eats through batteries. Yeah, eats through batteries. Now that being said, the shortcomings of it are kind of counteracted with the $800 price tag. And this is what you get for $800. Two transmitters. Two transmitters? It, yeah. A receiver that will receive both both transmitters. Really? Yeah. Now we're talking. Both transmitters will go to one receiver and two lav mics for $800. Not bad. So it's one of those things where you could probably get for the price of one set of electro... Not even one set of electrosonics. Like... Half. Half the price of Electrosonics <laughs> or a Zaccom. Maybe one. You could get one, four. Like Sennheiser yeah. G3 or something. You could get four transmitters, two receivers, and four lobs. So if you're only having two actors, you have the other ones charging. Yeah. I mean, so it's not bad. That is not bad. And it looks like, um, you know, I feel like they're targeting sort of like a a web. You, like a YouTuber type idea or like, yeah. um, you know, you're not necessarily using these to shoot a feature or anything. That's true. That's true. And I think for that, at that price point, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. And again, I think the 10 hour battery on that, in that sort of like realm of work. Yeah. That's pretty good. Like you don't necessarily, you don't shoot 10 hours straight a lot yeah. in like the web world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it, it is backed, uh, Deity is backed by some uh, well-known audio guys in the industry. So I would think that they've kind of thought it out. Um, you know, it c- kind of depends like if they had to restrain some features because they wanted to keep it at a cheap price point, but it, it's a good alternative. I mean, if you, if you can get a, a, get two transmitters for $800 with a receiver and two lav mics. Yeah. I'd love, to, I'd love to check it out yeah. you know, and try to break it, you know, yeah, yeah. not, see, not try to break it but physically, like, see, but like see, see, see where it breaks. Are. Yeah. See where the limits are. See if you can, you know, Power it from an external battery pack. Yeah, see if it if you can like put yourself in a situation where it has tons of um, distortion and noise yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's you know it's kind of funny because with the FCC kind of taking away some bans for like electrosonics and all that, it's almost like maybe you just give a chance at two point four and see, especially if it has yeah, so the you're, auto you're, scanning. The stuff that you buy won't become like a big brick. Yeah, you know, in a year. Exactly. Um, so what else you got? All right, the next thing I got is CinemaGrade. Oh, what is that? CinemaGrade is a new plugin okay. for Adobe Premiere Pro, Final Cut Pro, and I think DaVinci Resolve. I think it is too, yeah. Um, and it's it's very interesting. It's made by Denver Riddle, which if you guys don't know Denver, he is a the guy behind Color Grading Central. Um, he does a lot of like DaVinci Resolve and other kind of color grading uh, courses Toots. and he had a um another product in the past called color finale i believe okay yeah yeah, yeah. i've heard of Co- color finale so this is really interesting because it's the first um plugin that allows you to do basically like direct drag dragging color corrections on the image. So basically you click oh. on the color that you want to adjust yeah, and you drag up and down, side to side or whatever. Like the eyedropper tool from uh, Photoshop. Basically, yeah. yeah, you would click, let's say you have like a red shirt 
and you wanted to change the hue of it to like a blue, mm-hmm. um, you would click on it, drag up until it reaches the blue that you want. I mean, it's going to change every color in the scene that is that shot. Mask it. Yeah. Mask the shirt. Exactly. <laughs> but that is really cool. But that is really cool. Um, so it's a little bit more visual, a little bit easier in terms of like, I don't know, maybe it could be quicker depending yeah. on how skilled you are with certain interfaces or like um, tools. But I think as as computers are getting more and more powerful, you're going to see a lot more like real time adjustment tools like this where you can see it like adjust in real time and it can analyze it and and kind of like give you a little more freedom uh, unlike like the color grading that was in the past. Yeah. And I think for people who are, again, less experienced, it might be a, a really good way to get the look that you want without having to like dig into new software and learn, you know, become an expert. If you can just sort of like say, oh, this, this color is too um, saturated. I want to yeah. desaturate this color. And then you can just do that by dragging. Yeah. It, it's, it's one of those things where if people don't know the technical aspects of what this color is or what the hue is or all that, they can just. It's the old adage of what you see is what you get kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's, it's a WYSIWYG color WYSIWYG. grader. WYSIWYG! New sort of. phrase. Um, so I got one more left. I don't know about you, but I don't know if we've talked about this yet. Black Magic Raw. Black Magic Raw? Yeah, Black Magic came out with their own raw technology. Oh, interesting. So now I thought they, they already had it. No, they just... What were they using before? They weren't using... I, 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 I'm not sure, but they... they and it was... It, it, Speaking of IBC, it was awarded the Technological Innovation Award at IBC. Interesting. So they have their own RAW format now, um, and it kind of is one of those things to compete with all the other RAW formats out there because, you know, Blackmagic used to be hardware only, and now they're getting into cameras. And so... Weird. I think it was... what what. Blackmagic Raw was was in response to ProRes Raw, which was like the big thing that Apple announced. Right. Because yeah. ProRes Raw is only compatible with Macs and only available on a short amount, a small amount of uh, recorders. I right. think it's only actually available. Uh, ProRes Raw is only available on the Atomus. The Atomus stuff. Yeah, and there's only I think two settings, and it only works with Final Cut Pro. And as Adobe guys, hey, I don't want that. Um, so now. Blackmagic came out with their own compressed raw format. Okay. And so they're saying it's the world's fastest raw codec. Yeah. That's what they're claiming. And it's also compressed, so it's not as big, and they just want to take on ProRes. That's very interesting. ProRes raw. So, um, very, you know, very interesting. And, and what, they all, what I also really like about the Blackmagic raw is that they implemented it um, camera level, so you don't need an external recorder to record Blackmagic RAW. Because right now, ProRes RAW is only recordable on recorders and a yeah. limited amount of recorders. Yeah. So, and um, it's kind of like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, did DNX HD from Avid, was that kind of given away to everyone so they could kind of counteract ProRes? I don't know. I mean, I think it was given away. It wasn't, yeah. you know. Cause so that's what the, God damn it, Hunter. He did it again. Just got to get through this. Um, Black Magic is kind of, their raw format is open and they're going to give it away to camera man- manufacturers and as well as software man- manufacturers like Adobe for free. So, yeah. th- you know, it's like one of those things is like, just give it away for free and more people will implement it and then you can do things later and charge for it. Like, yeah, exactly. A- Apple is just so 
Annoying. Annoying in that they hold on to everything. And, and it pains me when people are like, I don't need this in ProRes. It's like, no. It, why? Why? Um, so, yeah. So, uh, Blackmagic uh, Black Raw. Very they're interesting. They're out with it. It's winning awards. People like it. Um, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's, my, that's my last what's cool. You got anything else? My last what's cool is Airy Stellar. Okay. Please Airy explain. Stellar. It's a new application okay. for iOS and Android that lets you link up all of their like LED stuff that they've put Ooh. out for the past you know ten years or whatever, uh-huh. um, including like their LC series Fresnels, you know, like the LC seven or the L seven C. I mean, L five C. Yep, all those Fresnels. Yep. Um, the uh, sky panels. Ooh, you know. Yeah. So you have all these these different lights, and you can control them via the app independently or separate or or together and group them. Yeah, group them. Um, they even have some type of like strange um, visualizer if you have a bunch of them rigged up on like truss or like in some type of like stage uh, or studio setting. That's flipping sweet. So you can sort of see in physical space where they actually I like are. It. Yeah. Um, you can operate them in different modes. So if you know like. They have the RGBW mode. They mm-hmm. have the gel mode. Oh, they have like shit. effects mode. God. So you can like change all that stuff um, in the app and just sort of like. That's awesome. Man, Cause we, I don't know how reliable it is. Um, it'll only get better with time. It'll only get better. But I mean, that's pretty cool. It's one of those things like they didn't, nobody had it before. So it's only a positive now and it'll just get better. There'll be some annoying things, I'm sure. But it's like we have the hive wasps. Yeah. And it's great because there's an app that you can you know, group them all together, control them all wirelessly. But the fact that it will control different models of lights right. is crazy. That Very is cool. awesome. Plus, it looks like they have a, a database of um, what they call like source matching. Oh, really? So if you're like if you're like outside and you're like, I need to to match this to um, a sodium vapor streetlight. Yeah, they have. A oh, little shit. setting. If you have like a bunch of HMIs that you're running as well, it's like, okay, I'm going to match this with, with HMIs do uh, they have or whatever. A, so it's like you can match whatever the sources are that you have around you. Do they go as detailed as like the brand of HMI that you can match? I don't think so. Okay. Because um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Ari the first to do the gels in their LEDs, the gel presets? I think they were probably the first to implement it, yeah. And now they're doing the, the matching of like light... In different, different situ- sources, sources and situations. That is cool. It's cool. I mean, a lot of a lot of them have that. I believe their database is probably a little bit more robust. Oh, I would I would assume so. Um, but yeah, I would hope so. It looks pretty cool. I'm not I'm not hating it. I wish I wish I had all of the lights, <laughs> all of the lights. Oh, stop. Don't put Connie into this. Street lights, <laughs> sky panels. Just no. look, man. What a great song. He just. If only I could be a musician where all I have to do is list things. Kanye is the best cinematographer in the world <laughs> because he just talks about all the lights. All the lights. All of the lights. Stop. Okay, on uh, that but, note. What? I uh, just want to mention oh, God. that the Stellar app is a paid app with a monthly or yearly subscription. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah. okay. Now we're getting serious. Yep. So it's either $9.99 a month or... $99.99 a year. Man, everybody's freaking moving to the subscription model. Crazy. 
That is ridiculous. But hey, if you got them all, you probably got the money for that. That's if, you got, if you got a buttload of airy sky yeah, panels and fresnels to control in your apps, you probably got some <laughs> like, oh God, if another shoot that I'm getting $5,000 a day at, yep. might as well get the app. Yeah. Yep. That's a good problem to have. Yep. Well, all right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for joining us. You can get the show notes for this episode by visiting nobudgetfilmmaking.com slash episode 23. And don't forget to hop on over to iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. And while you're there, leave us a little note. Give us a five-star rating and, and tell us what you think about the show. We're jonesing for ratings, guys. Come on. We are. All the people in Sweden, I know you don't... English may not be your first language. You can write it in Swedish. That's fine. I yeah. don't care. Just do it. And if you have any filmmaking questions, ask away in the comments section and we will try to answer them. Also, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Cinema Summit. Yeah, if you go on our Instagram page, you will see a beautiful picture of the cute puppers that was visiting us today and just blowing up the studio. Just carpet bombing and... Man. Drive by and, and it was bad. But yep. uh, you can see a picture of him there. So go check that out if you like dogs. Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll see you and or talk to you talk, yeah. <laughs> next time. We'll talk to you next time, guys. Thanks so much. Later. <laughs>